When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Our compatriot, Noel, is on adventures, but will return soon. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. However, you are not alone, fellow conspiracy realists. We are exploring the idea of humanity in 1,000 years with a ton of asterisks and a dollop of optimism, and we are not diving into this exploration on our lonesome. No, quite the opposite. We are joined by uh, some friends of the show, some personal friends of ours, the host of our peer podcast, Hysteria 51. Check it out if you haven't yet. Everyone, please welcome John Goforth and Brent Hand. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I Guys, I told you I shouldn't bring Brent, but you still allowed it. I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, I begged and begged and, you know, just followed him like a puppy dog. Probably the worst decision was allowing conspiracy bot here. We will try to keep him quiet. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. Uh, Conspiracy bot also, thank you for coming. Um, Did you notice that Scully seems to really be getting along with conspiracy bot? Yeah, it's weird. I know this is an audio podcast. Um, Maybe (laughs) if they do something that's remotely work appropriate, we'll take a picture and post it. But right now. (laughs) Yeah, we can't show it. Now we're just. Like, it was a bear getting him through TSA, so he needs to enjoy himself because it's the last time we're traveling with him. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> smells like circuits burning in That's the corner. Right. Uh, so, guys, like most people, we spend a great deal of our time here in the present, 2019, as we record this. Everyone um, I know spends their time in 2019. Yes, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we spend a lot of this time thinking about what might or might not happen in the future, and most of the time. When we're using these great predictive computers that we refer to as our brains, we're using this um, this imaginative capacity to think of what we could call small events, not in a diminutive way, just in like things that don't really rock the friggin' timeline. You know what? Uh, stuff where, that's on your calendar, right? Stuff right. that's on your calendar. Where, where uh, am I going to go for lunch? Um, what are my list of errands? You know. How can I get out of that conference call? Those kind of things. <laughs> when but, will our son supernova? I've got that on my calendar. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because um, we, oh, we, we have money on that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we also have a tendency, and we could even call it a compulsion, to wonder about those large events. Let's define it very loosely, arbitrarily, as um, any event that involves a group of people large enough such that Members of the same group may not know each other and may never meet. So this is interesting because for both Hysterium 51 and Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, really for any podcast, uh, that's that's a large-scale event because a lot of us listening now are probably not going to meet each other. Right. Whoa. I never thought about it like that. Ben. The universe is a cold yeah. and lonely place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, we've got examples of these. Like what's a, what's a large event? Oh, sure. Like a, a huge election, let's say, a primary election or a presidential election. The people who are actually voting probably aren't going to meet each other. You're definitely not going to meet everybody who's voting in that election. Uh, 9-11. Yes. There you yeah. go. Like yeah. from impact from not being there, even to the people who were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many people impacted that weren't just in those buildings and surrounding communities and such and family members. Not all of them all met. And that's yeah. an that's an excellent example because that's a single event rather than something like a war that goes yeah. on for years. Well, and it's a – so that's a large event and it's also, it's also a long-term event, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it, we're still reeling and, yeah. and, and the effects are felt. Yeah, yeah. And that's because in, in addition to defining something as a small or a large event, we can also imagine them the way you said, Matt, uh, short or long-term. So – this so nine eleven clearly a long term event, um, but a short term large scale event would be a celebration in your city, like uh, the Bulls win in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, you guys live in the windy city, and uh, when the Bulls win in Chicago, what ha- do people go nuts? Excuse me, we call it the lower fourth. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 the yeah, lower fourth. Yeah, well, we haven't seen that for so long. I'm yeah. not sure how they react. <laughs> right. But when the Hawks won the Cup, yes. Uh, when the when the Cubs when the, won, when the, the Cubs won, seven yeah. million people I think showed up. Uh, wow. It was one of the largest uh, human gatherings in in history. Dear God! Wow! So, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, a long term small scale event then would be something where you're like, all right. 
I got this kid now. I got to send him to college at some point. I better start putting away the scratch, right? And, right, right. And this can take longer, but it's not really – it might not alter a timeline. Today's episode is about a long-term, large-scale event. One of the biggest questions we ever deal with – What's going to happen to us? You know, the, the collective us. <laughs> yeah, the collective know, the species us. What of are humans. we? Where are we going? Not not what's going to happen today or tomorrow, but a thousand years from now. And off air, this is this is an idea that we were talking about. Uh, that we had originally, I don't know if we mentioned this on Hysteria 51, we had originally, when we were talking with each other, we're like, all right, yeah, yeah, one of us will do an episode on humanity in a thousand years, and, the other, and then we'll do a companion episode about humanity in 10,000 yeah. years. And we started looking into the research, and we were, you know, I, Paul, you're going to have to bleep me on this, but we were like, holy f- <laughs> 10,000 years. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you could just say whatever you want. Maybe, you know. You could, yeah. it, We're it, all jellyfish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, know. I know. And even with um, – so we just did an excellent episode. But, uh, well, I really enjoyed it. I thought you Me guys too. did a good I was job. good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you too, Conspiracy Bot. And um, we did an ep- episode on the future of humanity in 100 years, and what you guys showed us was that there, there's quite a lot of stuff down the pike that not only is possible but is, in a very real sense, inevitable. Right. And, and that's the yeah. big – I think that's the big defining difference of, mm-hmm. you know, when we look at these things is what are we controlling and what is just going to happen that's, that's, you know, this inevitability that is just – we're careening towards these events. A lot of times I think especially with technology – it really is the pebble that starts the avalanche mm. and – but once it's started, you're not stopping it. Yeah. Like the, the progression of our processing power isn't going to – even though we're not following Moore's law still, it is not going to stop. Yeah, it's a train with no brakes. Right. Yeah, this is this is the part of the show where we want to – want to let you know that if you haven't checked out Hysteria 51 – Please do. In this episode, we're going to be exploring some things that dovetail with the previous episode. So if you want to get the the full cinema for your ears experience, stop now. We'll wait. (laughs) Check out our earlier episode. And uh, for, for you comic book fans, we're referring to this as a crossover event. That's right. Yes. <laughs> a shared universe. Yes. <laughs> I'm Batman. Oh. <laughs> All right. I respect that. I respect that. Um, how far are we crossing over? Can I go Marvel? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? Oh. Amalgam. There we go. Yeah. Just stay away from Image and we'll be fine. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. They're creator-owned. Uh, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. true. So, uh, all right. Let's get to it. Sure. So let's talk about where we humans, everybody in this room, everyone listening is going to end up in a thousand years, 10 generations ostensibly from now. Well, to understand that, Matt, don't we have to go back to uh, – would it be helpful for us to go back to a thousand years before now? I guess. Okay, cool. Thanks for saying that because otherwise <laughs> – No, we're going to skip that. We're going to be like, no. all right, never mind. That's, that's really the only thing we can do to, to have an understanding, right? Well, let's see how far we've come in a thousand years and then extrapolate from there. And Brett, earlier in our previous episode, you, uh, you mentioned the phantom time hypothesis. Mm-hmm. So you're, when we're playing a little bit with history, please write in, by the way, uh, to – 
Hysteria Nation and us and let us know what your take is on what actually happened in 1019. <laughs> right. <laughs> what year is it really? Yeah. What year is it really? <laughs> yeah. And you can use the Juche calendar if you want as well. <laughs> uh, but OK. So here's the, here's the good news mm. for a lot of people. In broad evolutionary terms, just basic biology, 1,000 years is not a drop in the bucket. It's not, it's, not an, uh, it's not an iota of spit. It's not a snap. So you're saying it's not enough time to develop gills Kevin Costner style? <laughs> the only flaw in one uh, Waterworld. The only one. It's, it's been only, worked out. Wait, the only flaw. Wait, he had gills in Waterworld? He did behind his ear. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And for some reason, people hated that. Yeah. They were like, that's so convenient. It's so great. You jerk. <laughs> totally forgot about that. I got an idea, guys. Mad Max on a Waterworld. <laughs> now stay with me now. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we get the guy from Field of Dreams. Right? <laughs> That's really the glue. But yeah, this means – what does this mean? Like th- like it, what happens if we meet someone um, putting aside all the interesting problems with time travel? We just well, don't all, think about it too much. For too all hard. intents and yeah. purposes, if you met someone uh, besides you know, maybe some, some – um, language barriers and, and the way they're dressed, you wouldn't really know the difference be- because in the last thousand years, we haven't changed that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably yeah. kill them like uh, with, with like pathogen, pathogens. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't uh, breathe used to, on them. <laughs> don't give them a blanket. They're probably 25 years old and look 70. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but, It'd be but, a North Sentinel Island situation possibly. But but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You've, you've nailed it. In one, uh, we would still eat the same food we still need the same range of environmental conditions. And if there's a little bit of romance in the air, you there's, can reproduce. There's actually a documentary that explores this. I think the uh, the other member was a little uh, little older than just 1,000 years old, mm-hmm. but explores how that they might operate in modern society. It was called Encino Man. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I fell for it. <laughs> I've got to learn that every time you reference yeah. a documentary. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, so – so it's interesting. There have been some discernible changes. People like Dr. Alan Kwan, who works with computational genomics, uh, he he has some very specific ones. One of them is kind of weird, right? Did you you saw this? Yeah, yeah. The the concept of our foreheads uh, changing. Yeah, they call it the Manning syndrome. Yeah, Peyton Manning syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just brutal. The old you're it, knocking them down. Remember that old insult when people call someone uh, their like, forehead more like five head. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon, if this trend is correct, a uh, thousand years from now, um, it people will be making fun of three heads if your if your forehead's too small. Too small, right? Right. right. So. We also seem to have a trend of growing taller as a species, uh, but a lot of that is dicey. Like, can we can we call that straight up evolution, or is that just our ability to feed ourselves better right. and breed with Scandinavians? And yeah, they're out, they're, they're, out they're there. a tall bunch. They're, they're out a there. tall bunch. <laughs> I like how now we have this. We have this conspiracy that there are Scandinavians. Poor Scandinavians are like, I heard these <laughs> bastards on this staring. <laughs> but the, the biggest difference between that human and you really mm. uh, would be things that are a little different. They're societal things, right? Medical mm. care, like mm. right. uh, advances in technology that have allowed for communication. Like you said, language barriers are going to be different. Um, even just overall, the, the beliefs and values of that person are going to be vastly different. Sure. But – 
I mean, that's really it. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean that they have lower or higher cognitive ability, right? It just means that their priorities will also widely differ. Yeah, you're, you're very much a, you know, you're a product of your environment, and your surrounding, and so that's going to play heavily into that. You might show them a car, and they think it's magic, but that's you're you're so right about it not being their cognitive ability. It's why we 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 did an episode not that long ago on Gobekli Tepe. And 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 the the or, or the pyramids or whatever, and there's all of these anthropologists that say, well, how did they do this? How could they possibly figure this out? Well, because they had the same size brains that we do. <laughs> yeah. That's how they did. I yeah. mean, a lot of elbow grease, maybe a few decades to figure it out, mm-hmm. and you can build stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's why you know. There's a valid criticism of a lot of ancient alien theories mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, so what's more likely? Is it more likely that someone came all the way to Earth and built a, a vague geometric shape <laughs> and then left and didn't didn't you know they don't want you to know why? Or is it likely that people were always relatively on the same cognitive scale? Yes, right? yeah, yes. So, This would appear to be good news at first blush because this means that for the past thousand years, the biggest changes to our species have been cultural and technological, right? Uh, Even even the uh, clear and excellent example of uh, the diseases that we carry and are immune to, uh, that is a technological improvement. We didn't just biologically uh, figure that out and our population has skyrocketed. If we were a product at your local grocery store, uh, what what what's the popular grocery store in Chicago? Mariano's and Jewel. Yeah, Mariano's really? and Jewel. Okay, never. Kroger baby. Yeah, <laughs> Mariano's is owned by Kroger. Yep. It's oh, an offshoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, fingers on the hand. I see. Well, if if we were a product in Mariano's, we'd still have the same ingredients, the same great taste, the same oddly fragile packaging. It's just easier to find us in more places. And we have a great example. We've pulled this up before. Oh, the world population at this moment? Yes. Right now, yes. as we're recording this? Yes. 7,688,534,429. Yep. And that's spinning really fast. Oh, it's okay. going really fast. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. The, when you look at that clock, it, it, it's a staggering thing to see. That's how fast people are coming into this world. And we always uh, – it's always tempting when we bring that up in an episode. It's always tempting to check it again at the end and see how many people are <laughs> sixteen billion. What the hell? <laughs> so the, yeah, um, so I, the premise that most of us go with when we're you know doing in, in, uh, engaging in futurism is that where will we put all these people? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. there is some new there's some new studies out that are looking at larger societies, maybe not the globe as a whole, and saying actually we are not currently running at replacement rate. Mm -hmm. So although it's kind of like the fact that we – our population is still growing is a function of things that happened 50 years ago because those people are still alive and they overpopulated then. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that if you look a few generations in the future, you could actually start to see – uh, evening out of because this number keeps growing, evening out or even decline. So th- there is not a consensus in the scientific community that overpopulation is going to continue to exponentially explode the way we kind of all been fed 
by like Balthusian reasoning and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You don't want to go Ozymandias on it and just wipe out most everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just <laughs> snap yeah. your fingers. Yeah. Thanos yeah. that stuff. Thanos and, it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'll tell you the thing that made that guy Thanos a real villain. And the biggest plot hole in that film, spoiler, is he could have just made the universe twice as big. Or just oh, doubled all oh. – yeah, just snap it and you make it twice as big. You double all of the whatever you need, yeah. all the resources. I think he was just being super emo to be completely honest <laughs> with him. Uh, but, but his cosmic Billy corgan aside, uh, the we <laughs> – we can say right now in 2019. He also opened a tea shop. <laughs> he also opened a tea shop. Uh, we as a species are making some huge waves on multiple fronts. And Matt and I were trying to figure out the best way to frame this. And what we came up with was uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Uh, so, <laughs> yes. There you go. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Ennio Morricone, right? Yeah. Uh, good things. Okay, good things. When it comes to technology, we're the best in the biz because we're the only ones we really know. Yeah. You know, like some higher order uh, mammals can make tools, corvids can use sticks or whatever. But as far as we know, no non-human entity has built a computer yet. Right. Yet. But uh, – I mean I'm giving it a 50-50 on dolphins, but we haven't found them yet. <laughs> right, right. And it's probably built to do something that only dolphins yeah, care about. Yeah, we wouldn't about. understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. wouldn't get it. <laughs> it's for dolphin kisses. <laughs> yeah, right. So some of us listening now, we remember a world before smartphones. We talked about this in our episode about humanity a century from now. We remember times before the internet, a world of landlines and paper maps. Somebody would tell – tell you where to go at a certain time and you would have to remember it yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, we are also learning more about our own bodies. Genetic research is definitely going to help us eradicate some genetic diseases uh, as well as eventually allowing us to tweak some specific traits for practical purposes and cosmetic ones. You know what I mean? You want, yeah. You want kids with purple eyes? A little fine-tuning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> One of the uh, on the, you mentioned it, it, on the technology side, you know, we talk about AI, and we've all, I, we've all done episodes on AI. It's probably not worth diving deep into, but it is worth talking about that we need to be careful as it relates to you know creating nanobots and things of that nature. Um, I recently read. Uh, are you guys familiar with Nick Bostrom? Yes, uh, yeah. Swedish philosopher. He's got some really cool, and interesting stuff on the on future. And I, I read this thing about the. Uh, they call it the paperclip maximizer, and it's basically a thought experiment. That's mm -hmm. all it is. But it's the idea that the most mundane thing that you could tell an artificial intelligence to do could turn out really poorly. Um, so here's a quote from him. Suppose we have an AI whose only goal is to make as many paperclips as possible. The AI will quickly realize that it would be much better if there were no humans because humans might decide to switch it off and their ultimate goal is to make as many paperclips as possible. <laughs> uh, okay. because, uh, and so this is a cheery story. Yes. And this <laughs> is generalized AI so it can think big picture. Correct. Right. Okay. Also, human bodies contain a lot of atoms that could be made into paperclips, re reformatted and turned into paperclips. The future that that AI would be trying to gear towards would be one in which there were a lot of paperclips but not a lot of humans. And if – like from a – if you hadn't programmed that robot to value human life or to understand empathy, we're talking – like that could be a problem. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. That leads us straight into the bad. Yes, <laughs> the <laughs> really bad. That's an excellent example. Many of the same, the self-same technological innovations that are looming on our species horizons will probably create new problems as readily as they solve existing ones. Like, John, your example with uh, the paperclip maximizer, aside from being frankly terrifying, is <laughs> spot on uh, because we don't know what this stuff will be like once we actually create it. To our common knowledge, there is no functioning generalized machine consciousness, generalized AI. Right. There's stuff like – no offense, conspiracy bot. But there's <laughs> there's stuff that um, can do specific tasks. We haven't reached the singularity. Right, right. right. And, and that's why it's such a, a broad term because we don't – it's that we don't know. And that's why it's so scary for people and it's so inspiring for people. And everyone's seen Terminator, you know, and yeah. so it's always looming in the back of your mind because and, that, that, that is, I guess, a possibility. Yeah, and that's a good metaphor, but it looks like we have – we may well have a Terminator situation. It just won't look human. It will be um, gray goo. Yes, though that, this is the thing I wanted to bring up. The paperclip problem gets exponentially scarier if it's not making paperclips, if it's replicating, if it's just making more of itself, right? Oh, yeah. And if it's a, a nanoscale technology that's just self-replicating, replicating, that means that the gray goo that is inside of our heads that can come up with – uh, making a nanobot and then getting that nanobot to have artificial technology to continue to replicate then creates this thing that occurs out in the physical world that is a gray goo that mm. is just an entire planet covered in nanobots that have self-replicated to the point where that's all that's left. That's all that's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And this, and if we survive all of this, then we, the other <laughs> bad news concerns our bodies and uh, the environment in which they live. Genetic research. Everybody loves it. I think we shouted out Gattaca earlier. <laughs> it's a fantastic film. Watch it again if you've already seen it. Uh, like most most advanced technologies, especially in their earlier days, this is going to be controlled by wealthy institutions at first because of the um, way that society functions right now. And so before it bleeds into the genes of a general population, before like the descendant of Jeff Bezos uh, scandalizes his or her family and sleeps with a peasant, uh, <laughs> this stuff could result in in something at its most extreme that we would call man-made speciation. But then there's the chance, we talked about this before, the tinkering with traits and one part of the genetic code could have unintended disastrous consequences. Uh, for fiction, a good example of this would be the Eloy and the Morlocks from the time machine. Right. You know, are, are, did we have the best of, in, of intentions and all of a sudden now we're moment underneath the ground because we can't be out in the sunlight uh, just because CRISPR ran <laughs> astray? The, uh, there's a ticking time bomb inside of every cell. Mm. Very uh, A lot of geneticists are like, well, the key to immortality could be turning off that time bomb. One of the challenges or scary parts of that is there's one type of cell today that does not have that time bomb in it. It's a cancer cell. Ah, yes. And so you you change the makeup of a cell a little too much, you become a big tumor all of a sudden. Right, Eesh. right. And technically speaking, very technically speaking, there is one immortal individual, Henrietta Lacks, at least her cancer. Right? You guys know about him? No, no. No. Well, listen to our episode on <laughs> Do we do an episode or just a video? Uh, we did an episode on immortality. Got it. Okay. And the various – 
terribly problematic ways it's, you can achieve it. It's this crazy messed up thing where this one woman's cancer cells were taken as like uh, samples to be tested, right, for testing. And then all of the like all of the other samples that were that existed in this one building ended up having Henrietta Lacks's cancer cells in those samples. And then they started realizing, wait a second, somehow these samples, because they were being shipped across the planet to be studied, uh, they ended up in all the cancer cell Whoa. samples or at least the vast majority right. of them. And they, uh, they continue to reproduce. Yes, yes. Even wow. after being – Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's so this insane thing. technically immortal but not the kind of immortality you probably yeah, know. No, not, not what you no, want to be remembered for. <laughs> so, but, but it goes yeah. back to our whole um, – Humanity as a virus thing spreading across right. the cosmos from our yeah. last episode. Isn't that what you want to do? It, it's you want to reproduce, mm-hmm. you want to live. You know, and that you're breaking it down to its basis terms, but I mean that's the idea. And guess what? Uh I was I needed to leave this body. Well, I need to leave this planet. You know, they, mm-hmm. they say we're going to have to be an interplanetary species. Well, guess what? Viruses spread. We get angry when it's cancer, but we're 100% on board if it's us. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So the the last thing is the climate. Right? Yes. The climate, you've heard it before. It's a tragedy of commons writ large. Unless we all at the same time make some massive changes, the climate seems set to inevitably change in some drastic ways ocean acidification, temperature changes, deforestation, and so on. I have one question. Yes. You guys are familiar with the Kardashev scale. Yes. Um, uh, we are currently a 0. 0.7 on the Kardashev scale. 0. 0.72, uh, 0. 0.73. Come on now. Okay. Go team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they say that a level one civilization mm-hmm. um, can control all of the energy on their planet. And as a function of that, they can control all of the weather, everything pretty much that's happening in their neck of the woods. If we achieve level one in the next thousand years, don't we also achieve the ability to go, oh, well, we can just do whatever we need to do to the atmosphere and make sure that doesn't happen? Yes. The problem is getting to that thousand-year mark. From here <laughs> yes. to level one. Right. Yeah. Like Asm that that yes. is. Yes. Don't let anything that we've already done to ourselves erase before we can get there. Right? <laughs> That's fair. If if life has existed on other planets and emerged from a goo, from a you know a chemical reaction mm-hmm. that occurred because there just happened to be the right molecules on that planet, don't you think they do? They go through a very similar process of figuring out. Scientists say, yeah, that like life is probably very similar of – that's the grand equalizers if they're smart enough to save themselves because they all probably come up to this – Part this where state. we're at now, we're very close to the tipping point. We and were talking about, you know, a, a singularity. We're almost to that point now where we need to uh, decide that we want to better ourselves, or are, do we want to wipe ourselves out? I think that's assuming that they are like normal-ish, whatever we consider that, like carbon-based life forms. Yeah, sure. um, you know, there's also people that speculate that on gas giants, uh, sentient life could develop in, in a way that we don't even understand. Right. Right. Ammonia-based. Yeah, 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 silicon-based. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I guess what I just – what I mean is uh, the fuel, the available fuel that exists on whatever planetary body that – the the life emerges from mm-hmm. ends up being used up to an extent or altered right. to an extent, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so it for makes us to be able to in a thousand years from now, if we're going to be able to to do the things that we need to do to save our our, our planet from extinction of whatever mm-hmm. might happen, to be able to explore the cosmos, 
we're going to need energy and things like that that come from far more exotic yes, places. Absolutely. Black holes, sure. other dimensions. Th- these are the things that they say that we're going to be playing with if we are, you know, to be a, a, a you know, a level two or something like that. So yeah. climate uh, in and of itself is is nothing. Climate, yeah, <laughs> and cl- yet it's everything. Climate exactly. Is, climate exactly. is the um, the VHS that we have to to use your earlier yeah. example, Matt. The VHS we have to keep in working order until we can afford our, <laughs> our <laughs> right. TV. That's a great. Player. That's a great analogy. So the last thing we mentioned the good. We talked about the bad, the big bads. Now we have to talk about the ugly just briefly. There's one ugly thing you should keep in your mind, folks, as as we listen along. The number one ugly thing, the frightening, horrifying, anti-Ganesh-like elephant in our species collective room is put simply this. There is a very high chance that we will not make it to the 1,000-year mark. We, we were safe in our earlier episode. We said, you know, we're assuming that nothing terrible happens to the 100-year mark. Now we're doing that 10 times. Yeah. You know, uh, and <laughs> in Stephen Hawking's estimation, we absolutely are not going to make it in, unless we get off of Earth. Right. Stephen Hawking's uh, not necessarily a curmudgeon, but calls him like he sees him. He, uh, he, he has some statements that are pretty much uh, along the lines of uh, screw humans unless they get off Earth. <laughs> screw Earth. We need to leave it. You know, no disrespect, but it's right. not working out. Uh, aliens are real and screw them too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get AI and you know what? Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> That's – I mean I'm paraphrasing a little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we learned about a lot of that stuff. Did you – have you guys ever spoken with Josh Clark who did End of the World from Stuff You Should Know? No, we uh, we really want to – we're going to have him on uh, to talk the Fermi paradox. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, so he has a podcast that explores – All the chuckles that are that are facing us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cavalcade of comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we we recommend that and with all this in mind, we have to understand that everything we are about to contemplate about human civilization 1,000 years from now is inherently optimistic if only because we are assuming that somewhere, somehow, something like humanity is still still partying on in 3019. What are we talking about? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, 
So does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Here's where it gets crazy. Humanity, 1,000 years from now, welcome to 3019. If you're listening to this, then hypothetically you have survived, and uh, out of all the weird trials and travails that you have encountered in 3019, uh, you have decided to take a break and listen to a podcast, and you've chose this one. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> good, good, uh, good job doing some ancient uh, recovery of either technology or uh, I don't know. This is a part of an archaeological dig. Right. Yeah. Just found, yeah. Uh, this show is actually included in the Tesseract, and oh. they found <laughs> well, it. Well, I'm sure and... this is going to go into the Smithsonian at one point in time or another, so you know. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Well, it, it'll be like the regional <laughs> version. You know, like how there are TEDx talks? It'll yeah. be like a Smithsonian right. X. So <laughs> – let, let's 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 see. We we left off a uh, thousand years ago. We left off with the fact that there are inevitable things that will happen in the climate as we knew it from 2019, right? So we're a thousand years later. A lot of a lot of water under the bridge, you know. Uh, a lot of water over the over bridge, the bridge. <laughs> right. A lot of water over the bridge. That's what we did there. Uh, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about what what's happened with the climate? Well, odds are humanity continued despite our best intentions. We continue to use carbon fuels, carbon-based fuels and other things that uh, put CO2 emissions out into the atmosphere, right? Ooh. Because as of 2019, uh, CO2 emissions are at an average of 385 parts per million. Sounds really low, right? Ooh. Per million? Yeah. It sounds really low. But But here's the deal. That's uh, increasing, and if that gets up just a little bit higher, 
to say 450, maybe all the way up to 600 parts per million. Uh, And that could be really bad Mm -hmm. because if it reaches that level as as an average and then if in some way all CO2 emissions just stop dead, Mm -hmm. no more more carbon dioxide is added to the atmosphere, uh, this is what would happen. There would be persistent decreases in dry season rainfall that are that are and would be comparable to the 1930s depression era like the dust bowl oh. that we've all heard of that would just exist that would, there would be in zones uh, this all is over your life now <laughs> yeah well it would be there would be zones of this stuff this uh terrible situation all across the planet every everywhere from uh southern europe to northern africa southwestern north america which already you know is not doing great in 2019 if you think about uh, some of the wildfire situations and uh, other just heat situations. Uh, Southern Africa would be affected, Western Australia, human water supplies, specifically fresh water supplies, aquifers. Which is uh, already suspect right now. Yes. That stuff would decrease Mm -hmm. much further. Um, Again, fires would just be everywhere. If you're one of those people who hates being cold – 3019 is like <laughs> your year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually uh, several years after 2019 and then up until 3019. It's your phase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Your, it's your era. Um, and all kinds of agriculture is going to be hugely affected by this just because of the the differences in rainfall at mm-hmm. this point because of these things. Now, you said if it if all the emissions stop. So you're meaning yes. – you're, you're, you're saying that – we take we make progress and they all stop, but this, these will still be the outcomes. Yes, because it takes that long for a large climate change to affect to be affected. Essentially, a thousand years, right? That's one of the main issues. It takes forever to to it, the effects will be seen rather quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it takes a long time to fix those problems. To put the toothpaste back into the tube. Yes. That is to say though, or, or this is without saying, that there could be technological advancements right. up to this point where we could cause that CO2 to be out of the atmosphere for one reason or another. That's our wild card. That's Technology. Our wild card. <laughs> We're leaning heavy on this one. I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. but I have I've learned most recently that climate change isn't actually a real thing. Oh really? Um, and no, it's not a real thing. Uh, you you saw how cold it got in the in in the uh, Midwest this winter. Mm-hmm. Obviously, things aren't getting we got warmer. Six feet of climate change other global warming until then. Yeah, uh, six and, inches. And, and as we all know, plants like CO two. So this isn't a problem. I don't know why we're talking about this. Yeah. I'm, I kid. <laughs> I kid. But uh, in all seriousness, if I do think if we make it to a thousand years from now, mm-hmm. isn't that kind of part and parcel with? We will have the technology to fix this. Like the the in between time, like you mentioned before, Ben, is yeah. the challenge. Yes. But if we make it there, uh, uh, unless I guess there's one addendum to that. If we get reduced to the place where we are, you know, a bunch of tribes running around again because we've lost technology because of cataclysmic events. I sure. suppose in that case it wouldn't. But it, assuming we're still a relatively normal society, whether it's a global society or still split up. 
by then, wouldn't we have the tech to to affect change here? Hopefully. Uh, the question is whether, given our tribalistic nature, we would be capable of cooperating on a large enough scale to implement it in a meaningful way. So maybe some some country or some institute or increasingly what would be likely is some large private institution, a company. The Koch brothers. The, sure. Mm-hmm. The Koch brothers <laughs> – uh, Nestle, Unilever, Halliburton, all the hits, all the good ones. Uh, <laughs> they they have a um, let's say that they have a way to to game the weather in a specific region, or they have something like um, innovative breakthrough. The weather dominator. Yeah, That's yeah, all they yeah, mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they throw the wild card in, and you're fine. You're right, fine. right. <laughs> uh, the question is what. What sort of um, negotiation or arrangement would they expect people to enter into in order to gain access to that technology? That study about CO2, by the way, is from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And according to their study, they're not a super controversial group, by the way. No. no. (laughs) Actually, NOAA. I mean, quit getting biblical on me. Yeah, they're, yeah they're sort of the uh, bad boys of oceanography. <laughs> 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 they uh, they do say in this same study uh, that changes in surface temperature, this is a quotation, rainfall and sea level are largely irreversible for more than 1,000 years after CO2 emissions are completely stopped. And they, if you look at the study, they've, they've gamed it such that they go from the average emission now – to maybe they say it increases just a little bit and then it all stops. It increases toward that more reasonable number, uh, the match is named, maxing out at 600 per million and then that just stops. The the scary thing is it's not going to completely stop. Right. Like that's just not how things of that scale Well, operate. we'll be breathing. That's true. Like we emit CO2 every time we take a breath. Class, so, classic us. Yeah. <laughs> Damn virus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been really in, uh, off off uh, away from the podcast, off topic here. Uh, you guys ever get caught in um, the overuse of a turn of phrase or a figure of speech? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You can't stop using it. You're like, ah. <laughs> I've got to stop referring to things as classic whatever the other person just said. <laughs> it's kind of like when I refer to things as a documentary when they're not really documentaries. <laughs> right, right. There you go. But you did that so well because I fell for that. <laughs> After you had, had clearly showed us that that was on the way. Yeah, the other one is um, – I went through, oh, uh, I will die on this hill, which is a (laughs) melodramatic way to reply to anything. (laughs) That aside. Barring barring you actually being on a hill and willing to die over it. Right. That actually, that has not happened yet. So if you're listening in 3019, write in and let us know what your favorite turn of future phrase is, uh, assuming you're alive. The, it's like it's like Bill and Ted. You guys literally saved the universe. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Well, you're in this too now, John. Yeah, you're right. in both, right. and Paul. And all of this is, is just to say that in a thousand years, if we don't fix this, right, mm-hmm. it'll look this way. Right. So, and the other thing that we'll see is uh, sea levels because of this, and it's directly related to those CO two emissions. Yeah, yeah, and the, the, and that's also a pretty. It doesn't sound as bad initially when you say it. That if if it happens the same way, oceans will rise at an average of I think one point 
two feet or something or one, what is it? Uh, one point three to three point two feet. That that's exactly what it is. So like a, a maximum of a meter, right? But when you think about that, though. Yes. Bye bye Florida. Yes. You know, bye bye all these coastal areas. The Solomon like Islands. Yeah. A lot of Micronesia. Uh, then the leaders of those countries, a lot of island nations, are very well aware of this because even back in 2019, they could see this stuff happening and they uh, pled their case to a thing we used to call the United Nations, uh, which may still be around. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of in 2019, it was in 2018, I believe, that a piece of the Arctic shelf fell off that was the size of Delaware. Jeez. Delaware. What a what a wonderfully descriptive size, yes. Delaware. That's our new. Let's just compare things to <laughs> the new unit of measure. Is, I've it's, attached a picture of Delaware for comparison. It was three point six <laughs> Delawares. <laughs> That's great. I like that a lot. Let's do that. Uh, so, so yes, the ocean will rise, and it will rise by two meters if CO two peaks at one thousand parts per million, and two meters makes a hell of a difference. That's that's where, you know, the smart money has already bought something inland. Oh, right, and, right. And they're waiting for the beach to show up. <laughs> that beachfront property you own in Arkansas. That's <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. Uh, this, this brings us to when we're, when we're talking about the natural world. This brings us to another thing. Uh, even in 2019, we as a species were undergoing what's called a great extinction mm-hmm. Great great extinctions are nothing new. It's not the first. This will not be the last. Uh, but they are brutal to experience in the moment. You know, um, a thousand years hence, we will have already have lost quite a few wild animals, mm-hmm. quite a few plants, ton of insects, many of which were never discovered before they went extinct. But – because we're a thousand years in the future now, we may also be able to pull a woolly mammoth and bring them back. We just don't know where we will put them. Well, Ben, you spent so much time trying to figure out if you could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you never stopped to think if you should. <laughs> you know, is that Dr. Classic Ian Malcolm? Me. Is that okay. Ian Malcolm? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a bastardization of it, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we, it's true. We look at all these things. Like they're just talking about the bees are yeah. now on the endangered species list, and they say, you know, where are we without bees and pollinization? I mean, hurting very much so. Yeah. So you better hope that we have that kind of technology or, or the wherewithal now to change things. Like you said, a hard stop. You know, yeah. but you know, there needs to be a lot of hard stops in almost every one of these camps for our next thousand years to be something that we want to be a part of. Another uh, threat to throw into the ring, yeah. other than being in an extinction moment, um, other than where the climate could go from a warming perspective, the um, we are overdue for the next ice age. Oh, yeah. Very um, true. And a, th- a thousand years makes it much more likely. Now, it's a weird catch-22 because they, uh, most scientists think that the reason it hasn't happened again yet is because of the global warming. <laughs> so in a way, we're saving oh ourselves. Yes. Saving ourselves by killing ourselves, yeah. Um, it's like cutting the rope, but uh, you're like hanging over a vat of acid. Like I'm either going to hang here or I'm going to fall into the vat of acid. These are oh, not good outcomes. The, uh, but 
and I am I am not a climatologist. I don't know if I uh, told you that, guys, before we started the show. I'm not. No, you're pretty. You're not like some kind of weather surgeon or whatever they call it. <laughs> uh, a, a climatician. Um, but I have to imagine that the balance there of global warming versus the Earth really wants its next ice age mm. um, all play in somehow to a. a, 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 a Cosmic soup of not goodness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. That's what makes this a tricky topic. If we're talking about the planet in 1,000 years, it's going to be around. It's, it's, right. it, it, it's going to be by and large uh, still home to some sort of life. The question is whether or not people are still going to be in the mix. And for assuming that they are, they're going to be radically different from what we know, that that uh, that thing we talked about, where, where we could speak, well, we could interact with someone from ten nineteen, and they would look sort of like us. That's probably not the case. No, in thirty nineteen, uh, because of environmental or designer reasons, either or. Abs- I would say I would argue largely designer right. reasons, because mm. now we are capable in thirty nineteen of impacting, affecting, and steering our own evolution and adaptations. Uh, because despite the great extinction, despite the ups and downs with the climate uh, or the the ecology in which we live. If we're around and civilization hasn't collapsed, we are going to be doing amazing science fiction level stuff. Mm-hmm. Will we be close to being a, a, a type two civilization? Uh, I don't know. Type two has a has a hell of a gap. You right. know, there's there's is type two the one where you are able to uh, your star your star your star right yeah. your star harness yeah. the entire. So mm-hmm. basically, will we have a Dyson sphere? Yes. Or, or, or progress to where we don't need one because right. we've, we've come up with some other mm-hmm. exotic Way energy source. Yeah, Maybe yeah. we get to type one and we say, okay, let's just let's stay here. Let's franchise out Mars. <laughs> and, and maybe, you it's know. Nice shopping district. Yeah, if the Martians want to do it, <laughs> they can. Uh, but we will have this amazing technology. We will have super fast computers, perhaps um, – perhaps su- – so, so very quick that they are no longer computers to us. They are part of us, you know, like we mentioned uh, with people becoming, um, uh, you know, becoming digital versions of themselves. This is this is rife for also a side note, a new era of folklore. Can you imagine what? all the urban legends? You will literally hear voices in your head. Your ancestors will not have died. Right. They will still exist. Ooh. Yeah. You, uh, you, you've got beef oh, with man, your great yeah. uncle. He's still around. <laughs> now you're saying he's still around because they captured his consciousness? Yes. Okay. They, uh, it's funny. One of the technologies they're talking about, but this could be actually a lot sooner than a thousand years, is just taking enough writings uh, yeah. and enough other input about a person and their life. And all of a sudden you input all of that and you get into augmented or virtual reality and you're sitting there having a conversation with Samuel Clemens. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, told story. It, it, it's an approximation, obviously thereof. Sure. But but you mean actually talking to the person, right? Right. The um, the, the the digital essence that, of that yeah, person. Yeah, the digital essence. The closest we could get, perhaps, to mm-hmm. a soul at that point. But 
it gets even weirder because we will also – like at this point, we're clearly in ship of thesis uh, territory. And this means that you know maybe let's say you have the, the digital ghost of your great-great-grandmother says, you know what, Brent? I remember the Scorpion Wars and uh, I would love to go to that museum with you. Just buy me a body real quick. Right. Because right. now it's just hardware. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The Scorpion Wars. They call him a, oh. a, a sleeve. What was that in? Uh, altered Carbon. Yes. 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 Yeah. New sleeve. Yeah. Ugh. All right, guys. Let's stop right there for a second and we'll come right back after a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
<sighs> All right, strap in. Let's get back in this. The other wild card here yeah. uh, that could impact every aspect of what we've talked about, whether it be um, how we harness power. Do we have the technology to create a Dyson sphere? Mm. Uh, do we have the technology to save our Earth? Do, to, to do all of these things would be the interference of another society, uh, extraterrestrials. Um, so Interdimensional. Or interdimensional, sure. sure. I, uh, I, we talk about this on our show a lot, whether we believe in aliens. There's two questions always hidden there. Do you believe that another form of life exists in this universe? Absolutely. Second question, do you think they've been here? Eh, that's, that's, exa- that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> where we are. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that they've been here, but I think we are very, very close to them showing up. Like I think we're getting far, far enough along to be able to send some signals out there, to be able to see things. Um, I think we're. Cl- I think that we're going to get to a point very soon where they're just going to show up one day. Um, have our warp drive moment. And, yeah, have in, our yeah, exactly Star Trek from, first, from Star Trek First Contact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have our warp drive moment. Now, the if that happens, mm-hmm. which I think is just as realistic a possibility as we can upload our conscious. I mean, like okay. it's just they're showing up. Hey, they're here. They're there. Because if if we do acknowledge they exist. Uh, you know, if, depending on how old they are, their technology, they're, they are – if they are able to reach us from something that we can't see right now, chances are their technology is so advanced that they could help us, help bring us along. And I, I that would I, – I mentioned wild card. That would be the ultimate wild card because they're introducing new technologies to us that bring us – I don't think it's the alienation thing where they're just as messed up as we are and, <laughs> and have the same internal wars and strife and – you know, because then it, it just – that doesn't align to me. How could they have gotten here so quickly with such advanced technology just to be as – you know, effed then up that, as we are. That opens up that whole other, you know, line of thinking of if they are that advanced and they're going to see that, why do they care? Right, mm. right. That's the thing. The question then becomes not whether we would be capable of recognizing this as uh, sentient life. It would be whether it recognizes right. us as such. Uh, Michio Kaku, he, he was like, he goes, everyone sees ant hills. Yeah. When's the last time you said, ants, here are beads and trinkets. Take me to your, your queen. Like, you don't <laughs> say that. And if you do, the ants don't know you're talking to them now. Is the ant dumb because it doesn't understand English? Or is it are you dumb because you're trying to talk to an ant? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. dumb because I've got the magnifying glass out and I'm trying to burn them with the sun. <laughs> yeah, right. It's How just, could you? I mean, everything gets very quickly uh, to the level of stories from the Old Testament. You know what I mean? Like, right. we can we can the, we can give favor to these ants and they'll say, "Oh, food," or like, "Oh, uh, the." the other ants that were killing us are mysteriously gone, and the land is poisoned. I just hope wherever we go, if we're ever in that position yeah. to where we can be the ones to go out there, we just build pyramids and leave. Yeah. You know, and so that <laughs> way a, for just a, generations. I mean, that's a power move. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I vote we get weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> let's just confuse the hell out of them. Let's uh, let's let's give uh, let's let's give some very basic and wildly arbitrary irrelevant rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like uh, let's ban people from doing so- – or let's ban a life form from doing something very specific with its antenna or it's <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> and it's got to be something they would normally have never thought of doing. Right. 
but you're but you're right. This this span of time, this one thousand years, it, it inherently uh, includes space exploration. At this point, right. Uh, very, very soon, as far as 2019 went, Elon Musk was planning to have uh, four ships permanently on a, on a circuit to Mars in the 20 – what, 2025, 2030? 2022, they're going to start sending. Mm-hmm. You know, 2025 I think is when that's going to uh, kick into – yeah. Yeah, so mm. even if that estimate is wildly optimistic, which – it is, but even mm. if it, even if it's so wildly optimistic that that doesn't happen until uh, twenty one twenty five, still another nine hundred years. Right. So if we're going to if we're going to get to space, it is going to be within this time span, which makes it one of the most important eras in human history. And that goes to your your point, John. That will involve us putting out so much noise in the universe, even more than we already have. And we all read those, you know, those kind of bleak dystopian sci-fi pieces where we finally get a message from space and it's something cryptic like, shh, they'll hear you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and that, could be, that could be a thing because we could also find ourselves in a situation – we're just speculating now. There's not a basis on this. There's a thought experiment. We could find ourselves in a situation where I – mean, I, I would advance this is more likely than meeting a biological life form where we find the creations of some other organic life form and they're really into paper clips. <laughs> and we, we know that Pluto used to be an entire sphere, but it's slowly disintegrating. And then we have that calculate. That's the thing. Given what we understand about travel across these impossibly vast distances, unless they're um, ha- unless they have a propulsion or transit system that redefines our understanding of physics, which. They pretty much would have to. Yeah. We would be in one of the worst waiting games ever. We would say we know something's coming. We know it's not natural. Uh, we have 400 years to get right. ready. Yeah. So you, people are going to build religions around that. Yeah. I mean everything. Every, I mean mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> and and a, lot, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of religions that we had back in 2019. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm – I'm riding this dead horse to the ground. <laughs> they uh, they will have also changed such that they would they may be widely unrecognizable to people right. who practice them today. Right? The the Catholic Church has soldiered throughout the years uh, and may well still exist, but may also have a very different set of practices. Well, they've you know? they've come out in in years recent and said like, hey, if aliens come, it's it's okay. It's part of God's plan. It's part yeah. of the Bible, you know? All-inclusive. Bring it on in, you yeah, know? Which you would have been burned for not that long ago. Right. Saying the same thing. The, but I, Ben, I think you, you bring up a really good point, but you can almost take it to the next level. Mm. Not just religion, but society and species changes. So, t- so, so continuing along the thought experiment, as a society, we're probably a global society by that point. Yeah. We probably speak one to two languages as a, as a group. The rest are dead languages. Mm. Um, and we probably – you know, one currency uh, mm. for the planet. I mean these are just things that are almost inevitable over that time period. Um, if that's the case and we are an interplanetary species, we, 
we're going to have to do some of the things that we discussed earlier, some gene editing, some uh, addition of cybernetics, things of that nature. We're going to have to change to live in different environments. So there's probably going to be a, a, a group of people that could be living on the ore cloud. Yeah. Uh, there 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 will be a group of people at, at um, living near Proxima Centauri. Um, all of these people will have had to have changed and could be gone for long enough periods of time because of how long it takes to get there mm-hmm. that their heritage, their – the way they look, they almost would be disassociate themselves from the history of man. They are their own thing. We have yeah. created aliens. 1,000 right, right. years hence, we have created aliens. The most well-known to us are probably Martians. Correct. But the lunar people are pretty weird too. You yeah, know what I right, mean? They're right. like the new Florida. And <laughs> it's, well, it's underwater. They had to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, Moon man instead of Florida man. Yeah. By which I meant awesome and Disney owns it. But, that's right. But the, uh, that's, that's fantastic though because now we, we may have also – this is the weird part. This maybe a thousand years is too small margin for this. But what if we had a successful colony on Mars? Somehow survived, not just survived, but thrived. And then civilization on Earth collapsed. We w- entered a dark age. We had legends about Martians, mm-hmm. but they never screwed up to the extent that we did. And they decide to come visit us. Right. They're like, wow, <laughs> our parents' house is trash. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that's that would be an alien encounter for us. They would be extraterrestrials. Right. Um, but at this point, we will have uh, had, if we're around at all, we will have had people visiting these places and hopefully living there on a semi-permanent basis very quickly, and I think you raised this point earlier, Brett, they will speciate. Um, That or be completely uploaded into some sort of cybernetic, Mm -hmm. you know. Westworld. uh, Right, and then then that negates all of that, you know. So we may have have a situation where everybody on Earth speaks those one to two languages. That's incredibly likely, but we may be in a situation where someone says, okay, I have to use my – um, cybernetic parts to uh, my my in the cloud software programming uh, because I've got to speak with this Martian and mm-hmm. who knows what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. And it becomes even more likely if we play out the scenario we discussed earlier where we're using uh, – where we start with um, um, uh, self-replicating robots getting us to other places mm-hmm. uh, and then if we want to go there – because we we can't survive, you know, the 500-year trip or whatever. We laser shoot our consciousness there. They, like uh, Michio Kaku, you mentioned him earlier, Brent. He talks about a day where we will be um, cosmic tourists. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, you want to go, you know, look at this exoplanet that is, you know, 50 light years away. We just – we shoot through a laser our consciousness there you've got a robot body waiting there that you rent for the day and you go look around and see the big volcanoes and then you shoot to the next planet and so on and so forth now taking that a step back just the ability to get there but and 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 shoot a large laser beam shoot our consciousness there if we shoot there and the laser the laser itself could take 
500 years to get there, depending on how far away it is. If there's no time involved to you. You get there and then, you know, a thousand of your friends, you start a new – all of a sudden now we've got a new species of robot people. Right. Well, and yeah, and we're – again, we're much more likely, based on what we understand about sentient life, which is very, very little, we're much more likely to run into – technology of some sort that sentient life created. It's it's the uh, the Vajir kind of example from Star Trek, right? And what what's fascinating about that is there's a very important step that we can't we can't miss. And I, I know as some of us were listening along, we said, well, all right, send your consciousness through this laser, robot people, come back to Earth, right? Return these memories to, you know, uh, Matt or John Prime or whatever you call yourselves, <laughs> to experience that, what that means is they're going to have to reverse the cloud process. They're going to take the relationship between neurons mapped out virtually uh, and they'll see the, and see the difference between that and then have your neurons perform the same dance oh, somehow yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that now you can remember these things. And all you had to do was, you know, to wait, switch bodies, whatever, repair yourself for 500 to 1,000 years. <laughs> Jeez. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's – there's some time involved. I, I just want to know one thing. Mm. Uh, how long will I need to work to build up that kind of time off? No. Oh, that's the, that's the question. Yeah, I'll be. Hey, I'm gonna put my out of office on. I'll be back in a thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> DMV still terrible. <laughs> still terrible. It is crazy to imagine that perhaps one day our species will think of time on that kind of scale. I think we would ha right. well, mm -hmm. have to inevitably, mm -hmm. or it'll just be an an illusory thing. We know that we'll have uh, terraforming down pat. Uh, it'll right. still be – it'll be an imperfect science but we'll have a lot better idea of what we're working with and what the scale is. We will have finally answered your earlier question, gentlemen, whether it's better to use a laser or a nuclear weapon on the, <laughs> on the poles of Mars. Right. Yes. Uh, we'll have new energy sources, some of which uh, we're going to have a difficulty – comprehending in 2019, like harnessing interactions in, in higher dimensions or different dimensions. Um, we'll also have utility fog, which is – Utility fog? Yeah. It's like a uh, – well, it's a thought experiment now, but it's like it, – it, so the Philosopher's Stone in alchemy can transform any substance into any other substance. A right. utility cloud – a utility fog rather is kind of like a, a nanotech version of that. You can say, well, I, I enjoy this domicile, but now I want something a bit more, what did they call it, southwestern. I want something with a Pueblo feel. Make it so. And then this fog, these nanobots would just mm -hmm. rearrange into whatever they thought you meant. Now, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it won't be as fraught with hilarious error as um, – telling uh, your Amazon or your Google home in 2019 what song you want to hear. Right. T, Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, it's like it's like a crazy 3D printer from the future. You yes. Know? Yeah. yeah, just a living, breathing 3D printer. Though, well, I, I just made the um, 
quite necessary Star Trek The Next Generation reference. Yeah. The better series. Sorry. Um, yeah, I know. I just, I just made a hot take. Hot, hot take. takes yeah. a go for it. You um, just started a war I did. in 2019. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Kirk or Picard, you decide. Um, no, they uh, – Thank you. Uh, they – the one thing we haven't talked about uh, yeah. with all of this is, OK, but what if we do – achieve faster than light travel or what if we do find a way to bend space time to where you can, you know, warp seven and then we just virus out everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that is just in a word it's gonna be baller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. it's because like we can we will be able to finally confirm things that we have wondered about since we were able to wonder about things. Are we rare? Are we alone in the universe? And by the time by by the by the time we take time out of the equation, which is tricky, but that is the right way to say it in English, mm. then all bets are off. Everything has changed. You know, if you are if you are warping time and space, then you can visit ten nineteen if you so wish right, to. Right. Right. Um, I don't know if people would or if we recognize because now at this point uh, in thirty nineteen, people are recognizable to us uh but we are um we are early man to them right and right. we we use our hands to do things um not out of some sort of fashion statement but because we have to right we still eat a mm-hmm. whole bunch of food mm-hmm. yeah no here's here's the thing so we've talked about this in the past human beings now we think of ourselves as individuals but we're much closer to cities ourselves given all the the cells that outnumber us that live inside us and this trend will continue and in a thousand years again if people are still around and nothing super horrific and existential occurs we are going to redefine our con privacy will be gone long gone. oh yeah privacy yeah. is yeah. a relatively recent notion in 2019 and that's probably when it started dying out too <laughs> uh, but but by 3019, privacy will will be a, a weird alien, why would you do that concept? And the concept of the individual will change as well because the individual will be just the way that our consciousness now is an agglomeration or the, the sum total of interactions between neurons. We will each individually be a networked node of several different things. You won't just have one cloud consciousness mm-hmm. you'll have you'll have multiple you'll be a group mind and at times that group mind might not agree with what you consider you which is freaky i mean <laughs> no. yeah it, it's it's something we've always stated in multiple languages throughout ancient history when people are like oh, i'm i'm on the fence i'm of two minds about that you will be of right several hundred right well guys uh in the end no matter you know all the things we've discussed so far in this this episode, uh, all of us in this room, the four of us, Paul out there, everyone listening in their office right now, while they and should be working. Bot. And oh, conspiracy bot! I didn't even see you back there. <laughs> he must be recharging. Drunk. Oh, that's what it is. They eventually pass out. <laughs> so all of us, you know, in the end, we're all going to get together in 2019 and decide that our species is going to move forward. Towards the future, we're going to steer our planet and our civilization in the direction of a utopian 3019. Yeah. 
Can we get some inspi- inspiring yeah. music under that? Yeah. Like, like, I'm totally, <laughs> totally kidding, you guys. <laughs> uh, all of the decisions that could lead to any type of utopian future will be made in corporate boardrooms and in government situation rooms, and the decisions will be based on profits and margins and election cycles. The end. We fizzle out. <laughs> for, for, I mean, for some for some point of time, oh, I, w- I wish we had more time. I find myself, this is unusual for us, Matt. I find myself a little bit more optimistic, I think. It's because of this. these guys. It probably is. And speaking of John and Brent, uh, maybe we should maybe we should end on a um, end on a cooperative note and go around the table. First off, guys, thank you so much for coming on our show on behalf of us and our listeners. Uh, secondly, two questions. Uh, we'll, we'll start with you, John. One, what uh, of the things we've examined today, what do you find most exciting? And two, what do you find most terrifying? Ooh. If you had to choose. Let me do it in reverse order. I think the most terrifying is the idea of moving from where we are to that next phase, to uh, where we become um, a first or second uh, class civilization uh, according to the Kardashev scale. I think the the road between here and there is littered with a lot of potholes that could that could be um, uh, really, really take us off track and, and could become one of those existential threats, whichever one you want to talk about. I mean, I think they're all just as likely as one's just as likely as another, you know, um, that that's what that's the most terrifying part, because and, and the reason that's the most terrifying is I I'm a pretty big optimist when it comes to these things. I think a lot of negative human behavior is driven by need and necessity. Certainly some people are driven by power, but that power is rooted in the power that other people will give to them. Mm-hmm. And if if the masses are, are fairly happy, they're not going to allow a tyrant to run them in just my one guy's thought. So I think that if we if we are able to get to a thousand years from now and we have made it past these existential threats, I do see a little bit more utopian. I I think we'll be interacting with other alien species and and I think it will we will be a multiplanetary, perhaps multigalaxial, if that's not a word, I just made it up. Sounds uh, sounds pretty cool. Uh, uh, species and I think it could be a really really cool future. We just got to get there. I, I think the, the for me, the thing that is the most exciting is the thought of the ex, exploration, what's out there, what we could do. You know, It's one of those things you can just shut your brain off and think and there, there's really no wrong answers because we don't know and that's what's awesome. The scariest part of that ties into that too is I, I'm still hung up on the whole uploading of our consciousness and what we will be. If in a thousand years for us to be able to do those things, will we still be human? You know, and, you know, that's what's it mean to be human? You know, I think it's the big question. And and for us to be able to explore the cosmos, to go out to survive, we're going to have to make a lot of changes, you know, internally, externally, physically. And what that does to us is a big question mark to me. Wow. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having us. It was a blast. <laughs> Uh, just why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about Hysteria 51, where they can find you, uh, what they should be listening to and everything. 
So if you haven't listened to Hysteria 51, we talk about a lot of stuff like this, like conspiracy theories, UFOs, the unexplained, the unexplored. Um, we do it a little bit differently in that our third host is, is not Noel. Um, yeah. That'd be weird if it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, our third host is an angry robot who you see here in the corner named Conspiracy Bot. And uh, Brent built him in his lab uh, to help edit and produce the show. Instead, he just get drunks. He just – pardon me. Instead, he just gets drunk and threatens to take over the world, though he's kind of run by like a 486 computer, so it's not a big threat. <laughs> oh, OK. Uh, he's not an existential threat. Um, but yeah, and you can find us wherever you listen to your podcast. Our website's hysteria51.com. Yeah, just anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, Smoke Signal. We'll get to you. And you have Hysteria <laughs> Nation. Hysteria Nation. Yeah, you can search for that on Facebook. That's our discussion group, and uh, it's pretty active, so we have a lot of fun in there. Awesome. And you, can, uh, you can tell us, you know, that we're wrong. <laughs> you, can <laughs> we're also, it. you can also uh, occasionally catch uh, one of us, uh, Matt or myself, popping in on uh, Hysteria Nation. Because we are also fans of the show. That's right. And uh, check out, just while we're here, everyone listening, check out our uh, Facebook group, Here's Where It Gets Crazy. Just, again, anything you want to talk about on this show, you've got questions for these guys, let's just all have a discussion. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about how none of it's going to be good, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it such a doubter? It's like, what's the future? Oh, God. As Matt shakes his fist at the sky in the inevitable slow grind of what we recognize today as time, we reach the end of our episode, but not the end of our show. Tune into our next episode, which, without laying any spoilers, because we're not quite sure which one we're going to do yet, uh, is going to be very, 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 very strange. And positive. So positive. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Angel farts, trumpets, <laughs> yeah. nice like slow jazz numbers, whatever. But in the meantime, we'd like to hear from you. You are indeed our favorite part of the show. No offense, John. No offense, Brent. Uh, it, you might be one of those people who says, guys, you did an episode on Facebook. I believe you. I don't want to use social media. Can't I just call you? Yes, you can. We are one 833 S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. That's S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. Yeah, it also has numbers associated with it. It's an it's an anagram for, for stuff I want you to know. But Matt, what if people say, I hate social media and using the phone? I wish I could just write an email. Uh, good thing is, they're in luck. Exactly. Take a pigeon on that pigeon. Make sure you've got a piece of paper that has <laughs> sufficient you know, message on there. Wrap it around that pigeon's leg. Now, you're going to want to adhese that uh, so it doesn't come off, right? <laughs> you send the pigeon off. Hopefully, it knows where it's going, preferably south, and uh, it'll get to us. Oh, oh, and also, you can email us. We are conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.